here's a message from Ken Lavica. I'm back in West Palm, and I got to be honest, I'm not happy about it. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. I need to lay this out right away. I feel like I should still be in Houston. I still haven't quite been able to fully digest the fact that I'm still not in Houston getting ready to call the national championship game. Florida Atlantic, that is the, and and I so many of us in our lives have experienced heartbreak and uh, some of it, uh, different levels than others. There's your, your, High school, first love, heartbreak, that comes to an end. College, uh, for for so many of us, you've lost loved ones. And so I'm not trying to put this on the scope of any sort of heartbreak, any sort of, of loss that anyone's experienced, that pit in your stomach, that how do I move on, the what do the next 24 hours look like, the, uh, along those lines. You've got to put all of this in perspective, obviously. But from a, a sports standpoint... For as long as I've been alive, any team I've followed, I've been a fan of, I've thrown my support at, I've even been a part of, I have never, ever, 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 ever felt the emptiness, the heartbreak, the despair for a group of people like I felt Saturday night when FAU got knocked out of the NCAA tournament. FAU deserved and deserves to still be in Houston 40 minutes away from a national championship tonight against UConn. And I'll be honest, I have spent hours upon hours upon hours, as have the guys, I'm sure, who are in an FAU uniform. I just sat there calling the game as the voice of FAU. But I can assure you that it has been hours and hours and hours of what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. It is a lonely, terrible, miserable feeling that I don't wish upon anybody, except Jets fans. But man, oh man, that is as as awful a feeling as I will. I, I can promise you. I can almost promise you. Nothing's 100%. Nothing's a certainty in life. But I can promise you I will never feel another sports heartbreak, another gut punch like I felt when Lamont Butler, who had no plan whatsoever, found a way to hit a jump shot and end FAU season on the biggest college basketball platform that exists. Ken Levick alive, and I wish it was less somber. Ken Levick alive on a Monday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, off of the hotly uncomfortable but sparkly and pretty intracoastal. Stone LeBanowitz, Friday Night Lights, Radio Life Partner. He runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Oh, man, I have actually, I have, I have dreaded coming back and, and, and doing the show today, but I actually think, Stone, it's a good thing, and I hate to make this sound like a, a therapist session um, or, or anything along those lines, and I, I suppose on its face it comes off as silly, what I'm sort of trying to convey here, but uh when, when you're a part of something like I am with FAU and the season they had, which came completely out of nowhere, they were in the final freaking four. Like, think about that. Florida Atlantic was in the final four, led for 33 minutes of that final four game, didn't trail at all in the second half until there were zeros on the clock. When you go through something like that, and again, oh, it's just sports, it's just sports. Uh, there are people starving on different. Co- like I understand that. I'm not. I'm not trying to 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 uh, pedestal 
my personal despair over what happened Houston uh, in Houston on Saturday night with San Diego State knocking off FAU at the buzzer. What I am saying, though, is this is a sports talk radio show. This show is done at its core from a sports realm. And what I personally experienced, and I'm talking about me because I was in the middle of it, and also my name's on the show, so I deserve to be able to talk about me a little bit at times. I think I do need this. As much as I, oh, God, I've got to go on the air and talk about this. I actually think it's probably a good thing for me to do this because for the past, what, 40 hours, I've just spent having everything bottle up thinking about what if Nellie Davis's shot actually hits the rim and San Diego State has to chase it down, doesn't get out on the run? What if San Diego State is forced to shoot a 35-footer? What if B.J. Greenlee makes that wide-open layup in the lane with about three minutes left to go? What if San Diego State, as true to their form, typically doesn't hit any one of the eight mid-range jumpers they hit in the final four minutes to keep answering an FAU bucket? What if, what if, what if? I do think finally this is a good thing for me to talk about it because I will tell you with what happened to FAU Saturday night, losing at the buzzer in the final four, coming that close, that 18-footer away from going to the national championship game, that is is as, as low a point as I will ever experience in my career, in my sports life. I need to talk about it because it hasn't been good to hold it in. And the last day and a half has been absolutely miserable. Yeah, you're, miserable. You're throwing around all these phrases like a therapy session. You feel bad, right? You, you don't want it to be self-centered. Well, I, I, I'm telling you right now to shut all that up. Like, this is what it should be. Like, this was devastating to the entire area. None of us can fathom what you went through. And you're sitting courtside calling this game, right? You're not on the court giving everything you got in, in the sense of that. So so we feel you. And I think, you know, you mentioned the past 48 hours, what you've been going through and stuff. I, somebody who works with you every single day, had no idea what to text you, right? People are coming at yeah. me saying, how's Ken? How's Ken? I'm not even responding to them because like, yo, I don't even know what to send to Ken. What did I send you yesterday? It was a Patrick Reed highlight. That was what I thought would cheer you up. <laughs> Uh, like, just seeing, I, just seeing a guy that I despise. Right. Like you, you thought he would get a laugh out of me, and it did. And I, I, I did. That. Like there's, there's nothing that I can say to you. There's nothing that I can do for you to change how you feel right now. It's devastating. That's just what it is, plain and simple. You said how it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like this was joyous for us all. It well, for for in context here, the way that it it ended, it seems so unfair based off of how great the story was. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one thing if you're a, a, a Kansas fan and you go out to a buzzer beater in the Final Four or a Kentucky fan and you go out in the Final Four on a buzzer beater. It's another thing if you're an FAU that has never sniffed anything close to relevancy in college basketball, all of a sudden you are at 35 wins. You had this magical season where you're winning your conference. You're winning your conference tournament. You have not only won on a buzzer beater yourself in the first round, you have used that momentum to beat Tennessee, to beat Kansas State, to get to the final freaking four. You're playing in front of 70,000 fans. The story of Florida Atlantic basketball this year should not have had to end like that. It just doesn't seem fair. And that's what I'm struggling with is that it's not, it's not fair. San Diego State, great story. Super happy for them. They've earned their way into this spot tonight. But the better team didn't win Saturday. The team that deserved to win more didn't win Saturday. Through an unfortunate confluence of events, most of it FAU's making, unfortunately. But the story shouldn't have ended like that. And I kept saying throughout the course of the season, either on this show or on FAU broadcasts, this is not a fairy tale. This is not a Cinderella story because this team is legit. They are killers. They are monsters. They get on the floor and they take your soul. They beat you up. They find ways to win. This is not a Cinderella. This is not a fairy tale. But I suppose I also need to live by that when I'm talking about what happened with zeros on the clock on Saturday night because fairy tales always end in a special Happy way, 
And if FAU is actually not a fairy tale, then what took place, that's life. Like, that's life. It's not going to be sunshiny and happy and smiley, even though FAU's season deserved to end as a fairy tale ending. Unfortunately, that's not how life works. And so now, having to come back from that, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's tough. So let me, let me sort of talk through this and sort of give everybody a little behind the scenes here as to what it was like with FAU on Saturday night against San Diego State. So with about 14 and a half minutes left, it's a 14-point FAU lead. And I'm not going to lie. I started thinking to myself, man, I better start preparing for how I'm going to contextualize the final minutes of this game with a potential Monday on the horizon. Hadn't sold myself out to it, but it had certainly started to cross my mind. That's just being human, and I try not to do that. I try and keep everything compartmentalized, and you're going by media timeouts. You've got four of them. So it's really where they got here, 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 here. So you get, it's a 10-point it's a game at the under 14. You're feeling like, all right. And by the way, that 14-point lead was the biggest lead FAU had at any point in the NCAA tournament. Mm. And I, I know that a lot of FAU fans and a lot of sports fans here, and, and even if you're not an FAU fan, Florida Atlantic's run captured the imagination of a lot of people in Palm Beach County, the Treasure Coast, well beyond that. And I've heard a lot of the refs, the refs, the refs, the refs. Was the officiating good? No, it wasn't. But Florida Atlantic on offense played especially tight. In the second half. And you saw, and I told you what was going to happen, Stone. Just like against Tennessee. FAU was going to find a way, because you're talking about Tennessee. Number one defense in the nation when FAU played him in the Sweet 16. San Diego State, second best defense in the nation. Going into Saturday night in the Final Four. I told you, FAU is going to do the same thing it did to Tennessee. It's going to start getting whatever it wants. And what did FAU through the end? It didn't even have to soften up San Diego State's defense. They had to soften up Tennessee in that Sweet 16 game at Madison Square Garden. From the jump, FAU was getting whatever it wanted on offense. Whatever it wanted against that defense. At no point, at no point in either halves did I think San Diego State was better than Florida They were. Like, at no point in watching that game, honestly, I was chuckling at the fact that, oh my God, like they're head and shoulders above this Aztecs team right now. This is actually happening. Yep. Florida Atlantic Florida Atlantic was the better team on Saturday night. They were the better team on Saturday night, but what happened late is FAU started to get tight on offense. BJ Greenlee missed a, a, a wide open layup in the lane. Flad Golden, a right-handed hook he's hit all year, point blank, smoked it off the back rim. Um, FAU started to not get as many looks. They were certainly not getting any second chances, which is what really made the difference between them and Kansas State late in the Elite Eight game, and FAU could not grab a defensive rebound to save its life. And as that was transpiring in the final four minutes, San Diego State's getting three, four additional chances on almost every possession, including two missed free throws and still getting the the rebound. I thought to myself, "Uh uh-oh, this is playing out the exact same way that San Diego State beat Creighton in the Elite Eight, where their best offense is simply corralling their own misses. Misses that, by the way, are so bad off the rim. San Diego State's jump shooting is atrocious, but they're coming off so badly off the rim that they're just going and grabbing every 50-50 ball. And when you have the size of San Diego State, San Diego State uh, got officiated by reputation in the final four minutes where pulls of the jersey and grabbing on the shorts and clubbing guys in the chest to fight for rebounds, that stuff started to not get called because San Diego State was getting rewarded for its reputation. But what didn't help is that when you can't fight that off if you're FAU, officials are looking for a reason to reward the team that's winning every 50-50 ball. There were some weird foul calls, but you know what? That's basketball. Yeah, it is. Because if you're allowing two or three or four additional opportunities on a single possession, the officials are going to be more prone to rewarding the team who is continuing to win those loose balls. That's just the way the sport works. Florida Atlantic didn't lose because of poor officiating. Was it frustrating? Yes. But FAU simply succumbed to a San Diego State team that has an average age, as Dan Hurley, UConn coach, put it, that is older than five NBA teams and a San Diego State team that found some luck at the right places. 
and at the right times. And FAU got unlucky in moments. They have experienced luck throughout the course of the season and the NCAA tournament. And if Nellie Davis on that final FAU possession hits the rim in any way, shape, or form on his attempt with the shot clock winding down and with seven seconds left, there's a good chance San Diego State has to settle for a 35-footer if FAU doesn't get the offensive rebound. And they started crashing the glass. But it doesn't change the fact that FAU defensively was so good on that final San Diego State possession. They cupped around the ball handler. They denied anyone that could have received the ball. They did everything they did against Kansas State. Everything they did against Memphis that won them those games. They did the exact same thing. It was just a guy who got lucky. Lamont Butler, great story, and I feel great for him, but there's no denying that man got lucky because he came up the floor on that final San Diego State possession, and he had no plan. There was no plan from him. It was aimless dribbling to a spot, and he had no idea what to do. I actually thought there was no way he was going to get a shot up. He came a quarter inch from stepping on the baseline. (laughs) He had no plan. Nick Boyd was on him and giving him no breathing room. There was no plan for that guy. He just like a baby deer sort of wobbled up the floor, but was still able to maintain his dribble. And Nick Boyd forced him to a place where Stone, he had only taken two shot attempts all year. You want to you venture a guess what he did on those two shot attempts all year from that place on the floor he shot it from? 0 for 2. 0 for 2. And he drained it. And honestly, what can you do? Like what, what, can, what can you do? And unfortunately, FAU's luck ran out. San Diego State got the benefit of luck. San Diego State hung in there. FAU got tight. And the unfathomable happened. FAU loses to a buzzer beater that'll go down and you're going to be seeing it during one shining moment after tonight's final. And it's going to be talked about and it's now a part, unfortunately, of FAU being on the wrong side of NCAA tournament lore. FAU gets ousted from the turn, and it sucks, and it feels terrible, and I haven't slept. Dusty May, I'm sure, hasn't slept. He certainly had not when I saw him yesterday morning at breakfast before we left to come back to, to South Florida. It is an awful, empty, low, terrible, miserable basement feeling. I mean, it's just awful. You can hear it in my voice, and and, and let's... Let's hear how I called it on the FAU Basketball Radio Network from Learfield. This is, this is my final call. It's the voice of FAU. And I'm sure you can hear, and Stone's heard it, you can hear the heartbreak. You can hear the misery. I'm trying to keep it together. This is how it sounded. Lamont Butler, who was 0 of 2 from this spot on the floor this season, had only 7 points on the night to this point. No plan as he came up the floor with six seconds left to go. Lamont Butler sticking the dagger in the heart of FAU, the buzzer beater in the final four. Mensa has it with seven seconds left now. Butler up the near side with five with four. Butler inside out dribble. Got to the right baseline with two with one. Butler jumper for the win and he made it. And San Diego State is going to the national championship game. I never want to have that feeling again. And I I will have that feeling, I'm sure, from a life perspective. You lose loved ones. You don't know how to, uh, to, to overcome the grief. That, though, from a sports standpoint, that is as legit grief as I've ever had. And it sounds crazy to use the term, the word grief, When it comes to sports, and I understand if you listening out there are saying, Ken, you bozo, how could you ever use that word when it comes to sports? And you're probably right. No, you're not. I I, I will venture to say you're probably right. That said, when you spend, I mean, all of these guys, I've known them since they've stepped foot on campus at FAU. 
I've been doing that job for 17 years. I have spent nonstop the last six months of my life in buses and on commercial flights and in row 16F and in uh, Hilton Garden Inns in Ruston, Louisiana and Hyatt Places in Bowling Green, Kentucky and sitting next to Vlad Golden, all seven, one of them, as he lays on the floor on a bus to try and spread his legs on a four-and-a-half-hour bus ride. I have spent all that time with them, with this group, with these guys, and to see them have to go through that, that sucked hard. The worst. I hate that. I hate that you bailed out of the fact that sports do bring on grief, right? That's why you put your children in sports. That's why you make them play sports. Like, this is the place where you learn how to handle those things. Like, this is real life. Like, this happens each and every game. We don't know what these kids go through. This one was on a bigger and brighter stage than most. This is legitimate grief. Like, like just, I think what even hurts the most is thinking, are we going to be able to do this again? Like, is this obtainable? And I, I don't, I don't want to go there this early on the show, no, but I think we, we, that's part of the need, grief. I think we need to go there, and I think that's part of the reason I'm still feeling the way that I am feeling. And just to give you a little bit of insight into what I'm doing in that spot as I'm making that call, the first part of that call is spent with me with my head laying on the table. Like, I, I legitimately lost all ability to hold my head up. And... I didn't know what to do. Like, do you break something in that moment? My my monitor that was provided to me so I could see replays throughout the game, a nice perk of being at the Final Four is you have all the electronic accoutrement that you could possibly want and need. That got broken in pregame by an errant basketball. So I didn't have that. So I could have punched it. It would have been the same thing. It was already cracked and broken. I could have punched that taking some of my frustration out on that, taking a pen, snapped it in half. I promise you I would have had superhuman Herculean strength at that point. I could have broken anything over my knee. You go from anger and and seeing red, that was my initial reaction, all while making that call, which I thought was pretty level-headed and professional, all things considered. He's gangster. Um, to then, that's when the the sadness washes over you, right? So I look at Nick Boyd, who I love, and I look at his face, and it dropped. But what did he do? The first thing he did was not fall on the floor. This is so stupid. I'm so sorry. He didn't fall on the floor and burst into tears and do that. He went to Dusty Maine, he hugged him, and said, love you, appreciate you. That's the first thing he did, is not feel bad for himself or collapse on the floor, burst into tears, sit there needing to be helped up by his teammates. He went to Dusty May and hugged him, said, love you. How mature is that? How incredible is that? Vlad Golden, he was the second person that I looked at across the way. And keep in mind, the San Diego State fans are diagonal from me to my right, and they're going eight bleep. There's beer spraying in the air. It's a whole celebration. I look behind me. There's some FAU fans who had just collapsed like over the rail. A ton of surrender cobras, the whole thing, but just blank expressions on faces. Vlad Golden, he starts to tear up. Brennan Laurian, who is... Going to be a very good player for FAU. Freshman, didn't get an awful lot of playing time this season. Has an infinite amount of talent. He's a little bit green from a basketball and an emotional standpoint, but an unbelievable kid. He immediately notices that Vlad is sort of starting to tear up. What does he do? Pats him on the back and says, hey, come on, go out, shake hands. Come on, come on, cinch it up. How good is that? How good is that? And, and... Allowing him to show emotion, but saying, hey, don't, don't, let, don't let the outside see the weakness. There's a locker room for that. Cinch it up. That was so mature. So mature, and I loved it, and I was so proud of them. And it would have been fine if they collapsed on the floor in despair, but not one of these guys changed their facial expressions. They took it like men. 
These guys aren't men. They're 20 years old. They're 19 years old. There was one senior on this team. They took it like men. And they walked off with pride as they should have. And that, for a split second, while I am in despair, I, I, I chucked my phone against the side of my broadcast table. Seeing them, I was so indescribably proud of how they conducted themselves. What a group of guys. What a team. And they deserve to be playing tonight. The luck didn't go their way, but they deserve to be playing for a national championship tonight. They were the better team, but I'm almost more impressed with how they went out after the ultimate low point of their basketball careers. I'm more proud of them for that than anything they did through 40 minutes on Saturday. They think every single one of you guys uh, aced your assignment, your role, whatever it was. After that final buzzer sounded, right? You had Nick Boyd going to the post-game presser. And the first thing he said about Lamont Butler was, I'm pretty sure he's in the gym, too. Like, kudos to him. Like, he gets that done, right? There's no hate. There's no knock. I played good D. Good shot. He rose up. One dribble hezzy. But I'm pretty sure he's in the lab, too. Yeah. Think about the stones on that dude. And trust me, he knows he hasn't hit a shot from that spot all year long. And he knows, uh uh-oh, I'm about to step out of bounds. For him to gather himself and pull off that shot, Perfect form, and he has a hand in his face? Hell, dude. He deserves all of the attention he's gotten since Saturday night. 100%. But it doesn't stop there, right, with Nick Boyd? It, it, it keeps going with your call. Um, you got commended for it on you know social media, and goddamn, if you have ears, right, listening to your call, you're like, this guy has class, this guy has poise, professionalism, check all those boxes. Like, the call, I said, the words that I used to describe it as gangster. Like, to stay 10 toes and stand in the pocket? Like, hey, it's hard. It's hard. And I'm somebody who hasn't experienced it, don't know what it feels like, but you can tell, you know, you stood in that pocket and, and, and delivered. It was, it was awesome to hear Dusty May coming back off the bus yesterday, smiling with cameras in front of his face, like, like happy, joyous. The fact that he wants to stay around these kids. I think every single one of you guys damn near aced your role and whatever your assignment was to keep this thing living on. Because I, as a casual, as a fan, as somebody on the sidelines of this thing, on my couch at home, the way the game was lost was confusing, right? Because it was just domination from start to basically finish yeah. for FAU. So, so, and the phrase that you used was a perfect storm. It never felt like they were... It never did. Even when the game was tied no. late, it never felt like FAU was in trouble because they've also won those games all year. You guys live there. And I, I think that's what was so cool watching the broadcast is Dusty had a smirk on his face with two minutes left. Like, like Nick Boyd also had a smirk on his face with two minutes left. Like, when they turned the ball over, it went out of bounds on Vlad... And all the guys put their arms around each other, and they were smiling. They yeah. were like, all right, like we know what this is. We live here. We, we've been in this moment a hundred times already this season. Like, let's go out and do what we do. And then the shot happened. But, yeah. God, I, I do want to go back to the grief thing. but I, I don't want to, but, but you tried to pawn that off. No, grief is a real thing in this spot. Like I said, this is why parents, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles put their kids into sports. Because what's also unique is in this stage, which – what's the percentage here of Division One athletes that get in this moment? It's got to be negative. It's got to be below one. It's a point three chance that you get to a Final Four. Like, these kids are set for life for what they endured mentally and what they were able to absorb and learn. Like, they're good for life after this because they were able to experience something that millions upon millions upon millions of athletes aren't, and for that, they're better for it. Like, each and every one of you guys is better for it. Your feet were in a place that you've never been before and that you might not ever go back to before. But what you took away from it was something that, uh, yeah, you can't just, there's no value to it. It just sucks because I'm still 36, 40 hours later, like getting choked up thinking about it. And it, this is why I was saying, though, before, I have not talked it out yet with anybody. Yeah. So I had a weird feeling this was going to happen. I am, I don't know if I'm going to watch the national championship game tonight, to be honest. I don't know if I have much of a desire to, and sure, we can talk about it tomorrow, but just know. I'm probably going into it, probably having not watched it, because I just have no desire to. And I hope you people would understand. Um, Chances are I wasn't going to give you a San Diego State breakdown anyways. Um, I'll just give you a less informed San Diego State breakdown tomorrow, okay? (laughs) I mean, I watched them play for 40 minutes. I know what they are. Can they hang with UConn tonight? Sure. I I think absolutely. But UConn is pretty sick. Um, But, man... It is, it is really, and, and most of it, I don't feel bad for me. Like, it would be awesome to sit there tonight, and I still feel like 
I should be in Houston right now getting ready for a 920 tip tonight. And I'd, I'd still do the show, and I'd be in Houston doing it, whining and complaining about the 920 tip still, because that's my <laughs> nature, right? But I still feel like, God, they, 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 they had the game won. It was won, and they did everything, even in their bad late game moments at times this year. They were few and far between, but even in their bad late game moments, they always found a way. And then on that stage was the one time they didn't find a way. And it's, it's, it's a miserable, miserable feeling for them. And there is no group of guys I would have rather had to experience that for themselves and to be around, to live vicariously through them and to be able to convey the excellence of what they achieved on the floor 40 times this year. They played 40 games this year and won 36 of them. The best record in college basketball, one of the greatest seasons in the history of the sport. I feel miserable that they did not get the payoff they deserved and then had to suffer the absolute heartbreak that they were forced to endure because of it. That's what makes me sick to my stomach. I legit had a visceral reaction courtside at Energy Stadium in front of 70,000 thinking that as I went to commercial break for the post-game show, I was going to vomit all over the floor next to me. And that's not a joke. That's not hyperbole. That's not me exaggerating. I legitimately thought for a few moments I was going to be ill, sick to my stomach on the floor next to me with Jim Nance sitting 25 feet to my right. So some of you might not be able to, and I, I hope it's the majority of you, might not be able to hearken back to the feeling I'm currently going through or what I was feeling in the aftermath, the immediate aftermath of Saturday night. But I, I, I still I need to talk through it, and I'm just curious if anybody has had the same sort of, of physical sensation that I had Saturday night, which sports outcome made you sick to your stomach? We can make this a collective conversation. Some of you have been there. I'm trying to be as vulnerable as possible, and it sounds silly, it sounds stupid, and you might think that I am soft as hell, and that is totally fine. But uh, a, a group of guys that I love dearly suffered that, and it made me sick to my stomach on Saturday night. And it's not because they were done wrong. It's because of sports. Which sports outcome made you sick to your stomach? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Which sports outcome made you sick to your stomach? We can talk about what happened Saturday with FAU as well. Fully open to it. But pardon me that I, I need a little bit of a therapy session. This is the first time I'm talking through it since everything went down Saturday night. He's Stone Lebano. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. You know, maybe my, my, my biggest regret was I, I blew this opportunity, Stone, walking up to Jim Nance with a hello friend. I blew it. I blew it. You're saying you didn't do it? I talked to him briefly, acknowledged one another, and I didn't drop a hello friend on him. Because... It kind of came out of nowhere. Like I was standing there on um, Wednesday, no, Thursday, Thursday, when we had our first practice at NRG Stadium, and I was standing, and then immediately, like, Jim Nance just popped up on my left, and I was sort of surprised, and I'm like, hey, Jim, and he's like, hello, sir. I The whole time I had been thinking, oh, I'm going to walk up to him and drop a hello friend on him. Didn't even happen. Yeah, but... Because he surprised me. I he, blew it. But no, you didn't, because you don't want to be the 74. Fifth person you know to what? drop That's a hello true. friends. That's on. true. He probably gets that all the time, and it's not even original. You're right. I, he saved me from myself. <laughs> yeah, he did. And Thank also, you, friend. And I wanted to ask you this as well. You know, when I'm seeing all this Jim Nance stuff on Twitter and whatnot, I'm thinking 
he has to meet with Ken, right? Like, yeah, no, we we talked. He's calling. He's calling the game. He needs to know about yeah. these. Like, this is a normal occurrence, yeah. right? You find the play-by-play guy and you get all the dirt. I don't know if it's because Jim Nance was feeling melancholy over it being his his last final oh, four. He's I, milking it. Sorry, I, 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 he is milking it. But what I will say is, one, he should, and two, he was making time for absolutely everybody. I I had never had any perspective as to Jim Nance has always come off to me as you know as he should he's a legend smug and sort of mastersy and golfy and you know those people uh, sweater vesty like we we know those people but man he was accommodating to everybody nice and again I don't know if that's just him naturally I suppose I like to think it is. Or he was just soaking it in, the appreciation everybody was giving him. I do think at times he felt uncomfortable with the amount of adoration everybody was. This is a guy who's known wherever he goes. But man, he was, he could not have been better. He could not have been better at all. By the way, hello, friends. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist South Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. If it's ever happened to you, which sports outcome made you sick to your stomach? Because I I legit for a moment thought to a point where I almost had to bring my knees to my head, thought I was going to be sick all over the floor. Courtside at Energy Stadium after San Diego State hit its buzzer beater to knock out FAU on Saturday. I, I legitimately in the commercial break between when I I Ended the game broadcast and was preparing for the post-game show. And that's the thing. I still had a post-game show to do. The last thing I wanted to do was be in that building anymore. If I could, I just would have taken the headset off and ran out of the building. I didn't want to see the celebration. I didn't want to see the post-game interview. I didn't want anything. I wanted to get the hell out of there. But I thought I was going to vomit in, in that commercial break as I prepared to come back on the network to do the post-game show. If it's ever happened, which sports outcome made you sick to your stomach? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at KLV1063. Let's start on the phones. Tony in West Palm. What's up, Tony? What's up? What's up? What's up? First of all, if I could just say, as a listener, none of us should be thinking of or listening to you and thinking that you're a bozo. Not for that. You put so much heart into that. The the way that you've been working for FAU and and the way that you've been doing your thing all this time, brother, you didn't. Uh, salute to you. Hats off to you. Bravo. And no way should anybody be thinking that that man, Kevin LaVica, is a bozo. Heck no. Not Appreciate you, Tom. <laughs> as far as FAU, I mean, hey, those guys, those young men are champions. Uh, there ain't, ain't nothing to be said as far as, yeah, it would have been awesome. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a fan of FAU. I'm not... But it would have been awesome for the fans to see that. But what those young men accomplished, there's is second to none. They they've they've they started a legacy that that the the young men coming behind them, and the young women that's playing basketball in that in that school can can continue, can can elevate, can take to a next level in in years coming forward coming up, and they should not be feeling bad at all today for what they did because those young men are champions. That coach. That's a coach, yeah. and that's a team. That's, that's that's the beautiful thing about it. That was a team out there. And just on the next level, LaVica, just so you know, y'all had some awesome, like I said in Twitter, y'all had some awesome jerseys. <laughs> like, like, for real. Like, like, yeah, like literally, though, that, that, that counts for something. And last but not least, wait till Drake finds out about these guys and starts giving co-signs and brings those, those OVO owls over and all oh, that. I stuff. know. Wait till he finds out about about the Boca Raton lifestyle and meets Mr. LaVica and then y'all y'all out there on a yacht somewhere with, with Jeanette and Stone <laughs> and, and Theo holding it down. Amen. All right? Hey, yo, y'all, you did a, you did an excellent job. You know what I mean? God bless all those young men. I don't know who number one uh, is on FAU, but whoever that young man is, young man is Nelly salute Davis. to him. He, yeah, he's he looked, legit. Yeah, he looked like something else, man. Yeah. He looked like something else. God bless y'all. did a great job. Peace. Appreciate, Appreciate you, Tony. 
Now, I will say, Drake, by betting on FAU, screwed FAU. <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah. uh, did you have the knowledge that he threw a quarter of a million dollars uh, on your owls? Trust me, we were aware. We were we were definitely aware. The old Drake kiss of death. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Ricky is on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, Ricky. Hey, Ken. How you doing, bud? Good, man. Um, so, two comes to mind real quick. When Auburn ran it back against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Okay. That wasn't fun. <laughs> and when Fat Phil made that putt at the Masters to deny Ernie a green jacket. Oh, man. In 04. <laughs> oh, Fat Phil. And his, his, his uh, two-inch leap into the air on the 18th green at Augusta. Hey, man, in all fairness, he gave it all he had, right? Yeah, it that's what it is. <laughs> um, I, have, I have a quick Jim Nance story for you, actually. Yeah. I used to coach college golf at Colorado State. Mm-hmm. And 2016... We had our coaches convention in Vegas, and Jim Nance was our keynote speaker, and he couldn't have been more of a nice guy. Good. He came down with us afterwards, sat down, had a couple of beers, told some of the coolest stories you'll ever hear. The dude is honestly he, as classy as you think he is. He is that animal. Yeah. Have a nice day, guys. I appreciate you, Ricky. That's good to hear because Jim Nance, he could not have been more accommodating to every single living, breathing human being that came up to him. In the days and then the day uh, leading up to and then the day of the final four. Uh, let's go to Jonathan in Boston. He's on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Um, listen, I, I do appreciate the fact that FAU had a heartbreaking uh, loss and I, uh, and, and, you know, and I was rooting for him. Um, I, I'm, I'm now living in West Palm for seven years, so I, I was really rooting for him. But it's really cute how you guys say it's heartbreaking. I'm from Boston. You guys don't know heartbreaking. <laughs> we had an undefeated Patriots team. We had an undefeated Patriots team that lost to a David Tyree catch. That to this day, every time I see that re- review, I, I still to this day think he's going to drop the ball. He's gonna Jonathan, drop can I? No way Jonathan, can, let me tell you something though. So Miami flew. Robert Kraft let the Miami Hurricanes use the Patriots airplane to get to Houston, okay? And so we drove by it as we were getting on our charter, which was not an NFL charter, to head back home yesterday. And I saw, I'm trying to make sure that I've got, I saw five renderings of Super Bowl trophies, Vince Lombardi trophies on that plane, okay? So I understand you didn't get your undefeated season, but you got enough rings to fill up a hand, man. That's true. It is true. <laughs> but we paid for it. We had, we, and we had the, you know, we had the Bill Buckner, you know, the Bill Buckner uh, play and all that stuff. And yeah, we, I mean, we've had some heartbreaks man, in Boston before we actually started winning. Till you broke through. Um, Till you broke through. No, Jonathan, appreciate appreciate that. I don't know if I'm going to be uh, taking at face value stories of Patriots heartbreak, though. I mean. I know we're all sort of burying our feelings today, but that's one place I actually probably can't go to. Yeah, you're not getting that uh-uh. one off on this show. Uh-uh. If this show was being done in 1987, <laughs> then I'd be like, I get it. I'm with you, brother. Boston fans, you're unlucky. All you fools have done have win in every sport for like the last 20 years. Come on, man. Boston fans, come on. Ernie in Boynton on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, Ern. Guys, uh, Ken, great job. I can't say anymore, and you know I'm from New York. Don't take anybody's bull. You did your thing. You did what you had to do, and you should have left out of that arena and pulled somebody's inner uh, cable and did the same thing they did to you because that is what happened to you, buddy. Someone <laughs> pulled that internet cable and tried to do an, a chamois on you. You should have. You should have known it. You should, that. When right there, when that ball was going, you should have pulled that cord. And Jim Nance would have not made that call. No, just kidding. Um, it was a great game. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I love the defense. I love the grit. I am a fan. Been here for six years. I needed a team to root close. I got one. I'm sticking with them. Great game. Great team. And you have a program. Ken, you have a program. You signed your coach. He's going to build a program. It's put in, he's put Boca on the map. You're going to have the recruits. You're going to have the eyes. Great job. I'm sorry for your loss. Great game, dude. You get a great job. And, and you know what? I got to say it because I know you haven't said it. That was a foul. That wasn't a foul on Golden. Uh, that wasn't up. Yeah. Yes, man. That was a clean block. I don't want to hear it. And maybe that little dry spell on the third uh, in the second half when they didn't score for like six minutes. I, I was, re- I mean, no, like you said, you said it before, you guys kind of live in that kind of realm of, 
you know, winning by a, a, a point here, a point there, but that six minute run of not scoring, I just like, I was, I, right there, I was like, that's when I, yeah, I kind of saw, like, it, it didn't look well, because you had the lead, and I thought he was going to keep on the lead. Uh, man, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, it was a great game. I was really disappointed. Those guys did great, and like you said, head up, gentlemen, and you have a program, guys. There's nothing to put you, you know, sad about because, honestly, there is now a new program in town. It's not just Miami, not just Florida. FAU is on the map. Guys, have a great day. Appreciate you. I think that's all uh, pretty well said, Tony. Uh, speaking of well said, a good idea, a well-thought-out idea, is the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. If you want to get into the sports industry, sports business, this is how you do it. You hear me talk about it all the time. I'm going to keep pounding it into your brain until you realize, hey, if I need a career change or if I'm still in school, I don't want to get into the sports industry. The path is the world-renowned FAU MBA Sport Management Program, number 11 in the latest sport business postgraduate degree rankings. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Sign up for summer semester classes online. Sign up for fall semester classes online or in person on FAU's beautiful Boca Raton campus. It's fau.edu slash MBA sport. fau.edu slash MBA sport. Learn what you need to know in the modern day to thrive, to succeed, to make it in the sports industry. The avenue to do it is the FAU MBA sport management program. fau.edu slash MBA sport. That's fau.edu slash MBA sport. The FAU MBA sport management program. Keep taking your calls. Which sports outcome made you sick to your stomach? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. He's Stone Labano. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. <sighs> I really thought I'd be doing the show from ESPN Houston tonight. Getting ready for the national championship game tonight. What would the line have been, like uh, eight? Yeah, it would have been the same thing. It's seven and a half, eight right now versus San, San Diego State. It would be the same thing. Be similar. Yeah, it would. FAU was better than San Diego State. <laughs> like, they were. They were a better team. Like, FAU went against number one and number two defenses in all of college basketball, in the Sweet 16 and in the Final Four, and they ripped them apart. Ripped them apart. Got whatever they wanted. They just couldn't, they just couldn't hang on. They couldn't hang on. Damn it, man. Which sports outcome made you sick to your stomach? I, I, I legit thought I was going to be ill. Um, projectile vomit ill. Between the game and the post-game show. On Saturday night after the buzzer beater. Which sports outcome made you ill? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And I totally get someone's like, have some perspective, man. Like, come on. Come on. And I get it. I get it. But I, I think when, when you live your life in sports, and I live my life in sports, and then um, by association, your whole family lives in sports. And we're a hardcore sports family. My wife, Kane, season ticket holder, huge Kane's fan. And I, I, I want to give her credit, too, because, you know, part of the allure for her, she wanted to come out and support FAU. And I told you last week, she has more emotional pull with FAU because she knows the guys. She, she's hugged the guys. She's, she's been around the guys. But she's never seen Miami in a Final Four. So this was perfect for her. She, I can't tell you how many times as I went to sit with them in the stands um, on, on Saturday night, and I already told you the last place I wanted to be anymore was Energy Stadium. The last place I wanted to be was in that cavernous sports space and see another basketball game. The last thing I wanted to do was watch more college basketball after that abject heartbreak. I didn't want to watch Miami and UConn. I had no desire to. Not because I don't like the teams. Not because I don't love college basketball. But I, de- I, did- I didn't want to watch more college basketball. Because I was already starting the, the what-ifs. and the It was just bad. I needed to get out of there. And, and 
my wife, she tried stone, I'm telling you, multiple times. Hey, let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just go. Like, let's leave. Let's go. And I kept telling her, no. You, I mean, like me with FAU, and maybe you to a lesser extent, may never see Miami in a Final Four ever again. You just don't know. So, no, I'm not doing that to you. I said that part of this is for you to be able to experience Miami in the Final Four. We are staying for the game. She tried so many times. Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just go. She, it was so selfless on her part because she knew. She knows what I'm going through. She understands that, like the agony of the entire thing. And I won those battles. Like, we're staying, we're staying, we're staying. And ultimately, Miami... Like they were outclassed. Yes, UConn's they just better. I saw Barstool Miami's Twitter account say, oh, it's rough. Nine times out of ten, this Miami team beats UConn. I saw that. That is so incorrect. Uh, tell me you don't know ball without telling me you don't know ball. Like, forget nine out of ten. I feel like UConn beats Miami ten out of ten. It, Miami doesn't play any defense. It wasn't nine out of ten. He said if we played a hundred times, we would have won ninety-nine okay, of them. Okay, yeah, then that that is... You're right. You're right. That's even more ludicrous. I was like, come on! They're, they're, uh, you guys would have lost worse every time. This is no disrespect to Miami. None. None. This is no disrespect to Miami, but UConn, like, FAU would have matched up better with UConn than Miami did. Yes, that's because correct. Because FAU plays defense. Miami doesn't even try to play defense. And that's fine. They have elite scores and they have NBA talent. Just 99 out of 100? No. <laughs> you might not even get, get, just to extrapolate that, you might not even get one win out of a hundred. <laughs> like, come on, guys, come on. Now, but 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 again, my wife so awesome. Hey, I was gonna like, say, she tried to just... she tried to pull me out of there multiple times, and she let me win the battle to stick around. But she knew I didn't want to be there anymore. My heart wasn't in it. My head was gone. All right, so that was awesome of her. That was so awesome of her. Uh, Rocco is in Stewart. Rocco's on Ken Levick alive. Hey, Rocco. Yo, Ken, first off, thanks for helping bring FAU to the masses. They got robbed the other night. You kidding? Uh, they should have won that game. The, yeah. the referee was pathetic from me and my friend's point of view. Everybody kept yelling, where's Vegas with the odds? What are they doing to this game? <laughs> you know, that's first off. Because I, I watched the whole game, and it was like they went down in the beginning by a few points, and then they led almost the rest of the game. Yep, yep. It's they should have won. They should have won. Know? They led the entire exactly second half end. until zeros on the clock, Rocco. They led the entire second half until right. there were zeros. Well, it was 0. 0.7 to be technical, but I don't want to be crazy no, right, right now. Because I right. want to cry because I want to cry and yell at that stupid Boston fan again. He's <laughs> crying about a, about a catch off the helmet <sighs> when his cheating Brady is cheating <laughs> and he won all that stuff because they cheated. Come on. You're crying. Uh, Don't be like me being a Yankee fan crying. Oh, we lost. You're oh, right. You can't right. win all the time. But you shouldn't cheat, though. You go join the Astros. You kidding? <laughs> Pathetic. I just had to say that. Rocco. Every time I hear them Boston guys crying, like, <laughs> <laughs> Rocco, it's like they forgot the last two decades of Boston sports. Appreciate the call. I just and, and no offense to Jonathan, and we love him. But I, 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 I literally saw the Patriots playing yesterday. I was five feet away from it. And there were five, five trophies painted on the tail of it. Patriots fans, I don't know if I can take your tales of heartbreak. I, in the moment, maybe fleetingly, but overall, uh, I don't think it's the same level. Uh, we've got to get into LSU and what happened yesterday with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark of Iowa and that, that women's national championship game because we have an important sportsmanship discussion. That has to be had as well. We'll continue to take your social media on the sports outcome that made you sick to your stomach because I was there Saturday night about to vomit on the floor at NRG Stadium. We'll still take your calls on that as well. We got plenty to do on this Monday on Ken Levicka Live. He's Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka, and I am live on ESPN 106.3.